I'm not just happy, I'm her pal. This is Power Up Life, the podcast. I'm your host, Gianna Lucas, co-founder and CEO at Hapal, the social enterprise that powers this podcast. We help you slay life in high school, uni and beyond. Each week on the show, you'll learn epic life skills in a super chill way. Hear from well-known legends as they reveal their biggest setbacks and milestones to date. And you'll find out what our Hapal squad think about a whole stack of topics too. From epic challenges to super raw moments, this show has it all. So let's power up life. Where do I begin with this episode's guest? On top of being a super well-known entrepreneur, speaker, and podcast host, she's also a serial, creative, influencer, and now author. What you see is what you get when it comes to Sarah Davidson. She's incredibly kind, funny, and wise, and she isn't afraid to laugh at herself. Just head over to her Insta profile and you'll know what I mean. (laughs) She's married to her bestie and business partner, Nick, and together they have a fur baby named Paul, yes I know, a super adorable golden retriever who also regularly features on her socials. So you're in the know, Sarah is the co-founder of Matcha Maiden, a hugely successful online store that sells premium matcha tea with warehouses here in Australia, the US and Europe. She and her hubby Nick are also co-founders of Matcha Milk Bar, a plant-based cafe in the heart of St Kilda, Melbourne. According to Chris Hemsworth, yes, Chris Hemsworth, it's his favourite cafe here in Australia. I know, amazing. Sarah is also the founder of Seize the Yay, a podcast and now book that has millions of downloads featuring over 100 guests, including the likes of Gary Vaynerchuk, aka Gary V, Miranda Kerr, and many, many more. In this episode, Sarah and I chat about our love for dogs, socials, and Smash Davo, and also she talks about her high school days whilst being a full-time ballerina Yes, you heard correctly, life in uni, which also included hosting at nightclubs, to corporate law and how a life-changing moment whilst on a mission trip in Africa changed the course of her life forever. She also shares how she discovered her passions and embraced her inner creative nerd. And she also unveils a whole lot of light bulb moments, including her perspective on gratitude, productivity, goal setting, coffee and more. So let's power up life. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So Sarah, you are known for many amazing quotes. Uh, You know, you've got your Seize the A calendar. I think that's like a little flip book that has like inspiration every day. And of course, your podcast and all the bazillion other things that you have going on. You're a bit like a really a wave of inspiration. Every time I go to your Instagram, I always feel better about myself and you're an all around <laughs> cool chick. So we're really, really thankful for you coming on the show. And I guess one of the questions I'd love for you to answer is actually something that's on your Instagram. And it says, doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. I think you're a true testament of that. Can you tell us why you believe in this so much? I'm guessing it's something that you've lived through in your own life. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the most common things that uh, that came up in my own story, but then in every other person I'd encountered who'd had 
any kind of journey, not necessarily corporate to business, but business to corporate or changes within their career, at any stage that there's novelty or fear or discomfort of something new, self-doubt is always there. And the more I do the podcast, the more I realize you don't actually ever really grow out of it. If anything, it's a sign that you are continuing to grow and it plays a really important role. But if you don't learn how to channel it or you don't learn that its role is more self-protection than truth, because some of it can be quite negative and critical, it can really stop you from ever taking risks and ever, you know, taking the big, scary, unusual, unpredictable steps that might lead to what actually is your bigger purpose. I went very much from something that was corporate, was very respectable, was objectively successful, and I didn't even dislike it, but I was just fine. I was just okay. And I, I, I shudder to think that most people only make a change if they're actively unhappy. So many people just sit with okay because it's not, it's not dis, you know, it's not uncomfortable enough for you to bother upheaval, you know, having any upheaval in your life. So uh, what I've become really passionate about is I, it was only by a complete accident that I was able to see a gap in the market with my husband, start a side project that was never actually meant to be a business and, and a huge life change was never on the cards. Mm-hmm was only an accident that led to all that happening and then gave me the chance to see by contrast that I was blah. I didn't even know that I was blah. (laughs) And then all of a sudden I'm like, there's this whole other world out there that's not just blah, but actually invigorates everything I'm passionate about, everything I'm good at and everything I want to leave as a legacy on this planet. But I think if I had been given the choice and left to my own devices, there are so many things that contributed to the sliding doors moments in my life. If I didn't have the people around me, the support structures, if it wasn't an accident, I think if you'd made me do it myself, left to my own devices, self-doubt would have toppled it all. Mm. I would have gone down that path of believing my negative self-talk that it's too scary, it's too risky, it's not certain, you have no wage, you're walking away from stability, you're walking away from the should. But we get so caught up in this productivity hamster wheel and the glorification of busy that we forget to even ask those questions or let ourselves Mm. indulge in it. And then when we do, self-doubt shuts it down. So I think um, the quote just really encapsulates everything that the big transition and then the five years of continued transition since then from a life of blah to a life of yay, (laughs) uh, that quote just perfectly summarizes everything. And, And if I could choose one lesson to pass on to anyone else making any kind of step in their life, it would be that. And wise words right there. Yeah, you went from blah to yay. Now let's let's rewind a little bit further. So before you even started your first business with your husband, we're going back to Sarah, high school Sarah. Sarah is studying, <laughs> studying secondary with her backpack, going to school in her school uniform. What was life like for you back then? I had a wonderful, wonderful school life. I have always had really supportive parents and extended families who always supported us doing all kinds of extracurricular activities, but also, you know, really concentrating on academics and supporting us in whatever way they could to help us do well. So we were really lucky. I have a younger brother that we never had too much pressure in one direction or the other. School was just a wonderful carefree time to explore all the different things that you love. Uh, I had a really, really great time. I went to um, Catholic primary school, a private secondary school, and then I moved to McRobb, which is a a selective entry government school. So I kind of did a mix of all three different kinds of schools. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you did. Which represents... 
But congrats in getting to Mac Rob because for those who don't know, it is a school, as you said, that you can only get in by being selected. So it is a government school, but it's and there's also the guys version of Mac Rob as well. Is that Melbourne High School? Yeah, yeah. Melbourne High. So I mean, it's a huge effort and and an, an incredible achievement for you just to get into that. Just side note. Anyway, proceed. Oh, thank you. It was I was definitely forced to be there. I didn't think that I wanted to be in an academically rigorous school back yeah, then. You know, yeah. in year nine, that's the last thing you want to do. But um, I, I definitely, in hindsight, really appreciate that broad, that theme of broad experience carrying through our whole school life um, and the schools being very open to that as well. Uh, I didn't really ever wake up one day and know what I wanted to do. I don't think I ever had that feeling. When I was much younger, I was a ballerina uh, and I thought I wanted to do it full time, but I still don't think I really... But was this like a ballerina, like, oh, you'd perform on like a once a year for for all the kids' families or is this like (laughs) full-on ballerina, like full-time? Yeah. As in the full-time one? Yeah, yeah. incredible. Yeah. Were you studying at high school or? Yeah, yeah. So right up until the time where you had to either go full time or, or or give up school. Right. Like you had to do one or the other. And I think I knew that that day would come. I think I always knew that eventually when I grew up, there'd be something else down the track. But I really, not once would I say in my school years did I go, this particular thing is my thing. Mm. In fact, I truly believe that having a broad range of interests and experiences is what helps you figure out who you are. But it also is a bit of a disadvantage sometimes because when you enjoy everything, you almost have too much choice (laughs) and you don't end up having any directions. I just remember school being a lot of fun, making the most of everything, pushing that feeling of, oh, I'm still not really choosing anything uh, to the back of my head and not worrying about it too much, just doing the best that I could with what I had at the time. Uh, and getting to sort of uh, the, the later part of high school, I as soon as I finished ballet, I obviously realised boys and partying and all this whole <laughs> world of stuff outside of really strict training existed. And I had a bit of a, a swing back the other direction and went super rebellious, very uncharacteristically wild, lots of UDLs in a can and like house parties oh, at friends' houses. <laughs> Huh? I was going to say, you poor thing, UDL. Yeah. <laughs> oh, at the time, I was so cool with my UDL, guava flavoured or whatever they were. But yeah, I definitely had a bit of a rebellious phase in there. Uh, and then I finally ended up calming down just before year 12, realising that that was the year that really would have an impact on what I could do later on. Yeah. Still couldn't say that I'd actually figured out what that was. Uh, and my mum has always given me really good advice on the fact that if you don't know what you want to do, you've got to do something. The time will pass anyway, so you might as well do something useful while you figure out what that is. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, okay, I've, I've got not even 12 months, 11 months of year 12 to give it my best shot. Maybe by the end of it, I will have chosen what I want to do. Even if I haven't, at least that will leave more doors open for later. Mm. Ended up settling down in a big way because that inner nerd came right back out. <laughs> And uh, I ended up doing quite well Uh, and I I still didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, So I I did arts law because I thought that would leave the most doors open. Anything sciencey or medical was like a bit of a door closer Mm -mm. uh, and narrowed your focus, whereas law was a bit the opposite. And what was your, with arts, did you have a major with arts? Yeah. So what did you decide to do? I did. I had studied languages all through school. I've always loved travel. I love the patterns. So I I knew that 
pure law would be a little bit dry, particularly if you didn't go into it wanting to become a lawyer. So I kind of balanced it out with the arts degree and did, uh, I majored in French and Japanese and then did Chinese as well. Wow. Um, I did five exchanges. So again, at uni was like, I'm just there you to make the most in. of it yeah or I'm I'm like I'm sure you've realized yes, I can't yes, not yes. go all in like I don't actually know how to do that yeah it's not even a, I don't even know what that looks like um, and I really still I, I still think I got to the end of uni and still wasn't sure what I wanted to do but it was like mm. well I've got to do something I'm getting close to graduating so mm-hmm. I'll just apply to whatever's logical and then see what happens uh, I think I really from about year seven was like my attitude is a see what happens kind of attitude. I've got no plan. I'll just do whatever makes sense logically. So yeah, again, I just, I had a really good balance of having a great time. I was all up, all about the nightclubs, hosting at nightclubs on the weekends, partying like a crazy person, but then studying really hard at uni and doing all the internships. There's like two sides of you. And it worked. And that always. really works well in tandem for a lot of people. So you obviously found the balance to so that you were able to enjoy and get the most out of your younger years, especially when you were in that studying studying phase. So good on you to be able to pull that off because you clearly I, have. <laughs> I'm just like a person of extremes in all areas. And even now they're different extremes, like there's no yeah. nightclubs involved at all, like obviously. That's all um, Instagram now. Yeah, well, it's all Netflix and like (laughs) TV and just being a sloth. Like I'll go hardcore (laughs) at sloth and then hardcore at productive. Like there's just no, I can't do moderate. It's just not a thing. (laughs) You're not, what do they call it? You're not beige. There you go. You're not beige. There is no, well, no beige. Like (laughs) at the the start of Instagram, I was like, I'm going to go real minimal and I'm going to try and do black and white and neutrals. And like my life is not neutral. I just can't do that. Yeah, yeah, you're just you. And it's the best way to be, to be authentically you, whatever that looks like. You know, and if it is an element of beige on the occasion because that's what you're vibing, then that's okay too, Sarah. (laughs) Yeah, it's just not like planned beige. It's just spontaneous beige. So spontaneous page. Love it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I got to the end of it. I was at uni for about six and a half years. It was quite a long degree. I did an honours thesis. Again, I was just all over the place trying lots of different experiences. And I've always loved, and this is one of the things I always come back to in CSBA now, is that if you ever lose sight of what you're passionate about or what you love or what you're good at, just look at your natural tendencies when you were younger. So from the time I was a child, I've loved just talking to people about their life path and everything about their life that's different to mine is fascinating to me. So I just talked to as many people as I could about what they did with their law degree, where they went, where their friends went, if it was diplomacy or war crimes tribunals or, you know, you know, criminal law, like whatever it was, Mm. I always knew that if I wanted to have a broader range of choices, I'd chosen the right degree, but I just spent seven years still not figuring out what the right choice was. Mm-hmm. So then I um, did the same thing as I did at the end of high school, really, just gave myself the best chance to figure out the next step, applied for uh, a top-tier international law firm that I thought would give me the best chance at good networks, uh, travel opportunities, again, whatever would open the door to new things that might help me narrow down in future. And at that turns out to be exactly what happened. I mm. uh, got, got into the firm, started early 2013 and spent uh, nearly two, nearly three years uh, as a mergers and acquisitions lawyer, just getting into the workforce, figuring out what full-time work and adult life actually involves and how to pay your tax and like get health insurance. Fun and stuff. 
do your own laundry and all that like, weird, uncomfortable stuff. And I think at some point in there, and I, I can't really pinpoint when, I got really caught up in that whole just conveyor belt or treadmill of just being busy, ticking the boxes, kicking certain goals without ever really stopping to think if I cared about those goals or if they were even my goals at all. And that's, I definitely wasn't in a bad place. I was so grateful to have a good job. I've got amazing opportunities and I learned so much from some seriously intelligent people. So it wasn't a bad place to be, but I think sometimes gratitude can almost be a disadvantage if you're over grateful to the point where you exclude the possibility of thinking about anything else because you're too worried it would seem ungrateful if you looked anywhere else. So I love that. (laughs) I love that. It's like when you get too comfortable in something because you just appreciate it for what it is. And so you wouldn't be open to new opportunities because your brain isn't wired to look at them. So it's so true what you're saying. Yeah. And I also think I was really conscious of not wanting to be one of those typical millennials who has no attention span, gets bored really quickly and wants to move on to something else just because it's not instant gratuity based and doesn't Mm. fulfill you every second of the day. Mm, mm. I was overly conscious of not being that either, which meant that for the first three years, I didn't even consider that part of my personality was being seriously stifled, that Mm. the nerdy side got completely satisfied by the brain gymnastics of law, but the other side of me has always been stronger. It's always shown itself to be stronger. And I just didn't even notice that happening. I think the power of that glorification and gratification of being busy and doing and ticking boxes would have actually carried me years and years into my career before I realized and had any kind of awareness that there was anything else. Uh, And I'm just incredibly lucky that there was a bit of an episode that kind of came into my life where Nick and I went to Africa to work uh, in a school that he'd been sponsoring through his creative agency. And I ended up bringing back a parasite from that from that trip uh, in such a way that it was in my gut. So it was very subtle, didn't really notice straight away that anything was wrong. It was over the course of like quite a few months that was small changes to appetite, digestion, uh, fatigue, all those kinds of things that aren't, you know, shocking. But three months later, I'd lost 20 kilos. Wow. Shimmered. No idea. So your body I, was just slowly over, you know, three month period, which 12 weeks, I mean, that's a lot amount of kilos, but if it was, if it was a little bit every single time, it wasn't a drastic weight loss mm. over a month. So you probably didn't realize until probably you maybe you saw, if you saw someone, they're looking at you, they're like, Sarah, you look different. Are you okay? And you're mm. like, no, <laughs> something's not right. That's yeah. a lot. It's huge, huge thing to happen. How old were you when that happened actually? With about five, six, five and a half, six years ago. So I was 25, yeah. mid 20s. Yeah. And at the time, the only people I saw were the same people I saw every day. I was very mm. habitual. It was like Nick, who I live with, and then all my colleagues, who I also see every day, all day. Mm-hmm. So there weren't many people who would see, you know, have big gaps and then mm-hmm. see me and go, oh. So I actually didn't realize until I actually collapsed at work uh, because my body was just like, dude, you're not listening. Like I'm pretty book smart, but like very slow on the uptake when my body gives me signs, just <laughs> completely over my head. It's because you're so book smart. That's your focus. 
<laughs> the body's going, hello, hello, Sarah, Earth to Sarah. <laughs> and it's literally, I reckon it was doing that for years. And I just kept pushing through and defining my whole identity based on productivity and achievement and climbing a ladder that I realized now I didn't even care about. And it took that experience and me being banned from coffee because I was so fragile to discover. So you you couldn't have coffee because of the caffeine or something in coffee that's caffeine the caffeine so the caffeine affected you yeah so when some people who are caffeine sensitive get really shaky like most people if they have too much coffee will get shaky and jittery yeah yeah but because I was like 42 kilos I would have yeah I'd have one coffee and my adrenal fatigue my adrenal system would just go (laughs) (laughs) exactly like that And that's a lot. Yep. Okay. So you knew straight away. So then what, what did, what happened out of that? So I knew that I, you know, I was starting to have physiological panic attacks of symptoms of like really bad heart rate. My hands would go numb. Coffee would bring those on almost straight away. And I was drinking 10 cups a day at the time. Like I was working 20 hour days. I was like, how am I going to do this without coffee? Drink 10 cups of coffee a day. Like for real. Legitimately. Like for reals. Yeah. I'm surprised you even need 10 cups of coffee. I thought you would were a non-coffee drinker most of your life cuz I am <laughs> now. <laughs> you are. <laughs> 10 cups of coffee. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And okay. I could sleep. It was no ain't no no thing. Yeah. If I did that, like legit, I would probably be a crazy energizer bunny. I would be probably <laughs> I reckon I would be able to climb the Eureka building in Melbourne or something. You think that? But then it lasts this long and then you're just like crash. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to have another one and then you're like, oh, and also because coffee at that time was our way to get up from the desk. Mm -hmm. It was like an excursion. So I was like, oh, I need 10 excursions. So how will I get through this day? (laughs) It was clearly just a crutch that I was leaning on to get through my life. So then I... I got sent to Hong Kong with the firm on a deal when I eventually got well enough to go back to work. And over there, matcha is everywhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And it's mm -hmm. a healthier form of caffeination that has unique amino acids in it uh, that make it slow release into your bloodstream. So if you're like caffeine sensitive or unwell for any reason, you can still tolerate it. And that is the happy accident that started Matcha Maiden, which was our Mm -hmm. first business. Mm -hmm. And it was only through accidentally discovering a different method of working and different types of work that I was like this is what I'm good at and what I love and suddenly paperwork went from being blah to being actively like brain numbing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which not for everyone like some people are so suited to that work but for me I realized I'm part that but mostly the other side the more I learn the more I realize the best thing you can ever do for yourself is listen very, very carefully to what your mind and body tells you about what you like, what you don't like, what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Mm. It doesn't really matter what anyone else is doing. Our bodies are weird. They just choose random things and they're like, I like that. <laughs> I don't like that. That works. That doesn't work. But it tells you. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, te- it communicates with you very mm-hmm. easily. We just learn not to listen. Yeah, which is what happened to you until you literally just fell over and then you went, oh. <laughs> That's the sign. That's the sign that I mean. And it was probably, if you think about it, was the siren that was literally going off. That was probably subtle and very quiet in the beginning, but it wasn't loud enough for you to hear it. And I think, you know, through that obviously very devastating experience for you has ended up opening up so many more doors and you've allowed your body to heal and you've probably 
in that have helped to heal many other people's bodies as well by bringing in matcha and being really the first people to do it sort of in Australia, making it a, a much more mainstream thing. Because I think matcha is awesome. You know, I love, to be honest, I'm not a caffeine drinker. Uh, my family's Italian and still my grandparents say, have a cup of coffee. No, 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 no. Like, <laughs> oh my, I, I don't need the coffee. <laughs> Exactly. Whereas for me, I've always been more a tea drinker anyway. And so look, is that tea? Are you drinking matcha right there? I'm guessing you are. I've actually had way too much matcha over the past year. So I'm a little bit like in an off phase. <laughs> so what do you I go through you? real phases. It's a, it's a chai. Oh, nice. Okay, good. So it's still I can't tea. show you without tipping it on the laptop. No, no, I'd rather your laptop to keep working. Otherwise, this would be all over and you wouldn't have a laptop. <laughs> that would be a real shame. Uh, so yeah, I actually, I didn't go back to coffee for... Five years until six months ago when I smelt one and I thought for the first time, uh, it was actually, oh, yeah. It was? That's usually the best place. I think, or somewhere in Europe. And I, and I, it's funny, like having become, having gone from ignoring everything about my body to now being so in tune with it Mm. that I honestly hadn't even had any desire. I'd smell coffee. And I think the first coffee I had after I was well enough was burnt and gross. So then I didn't want another one for ages. But then five years later, I smelt it and I was like, I'm ready. I want one. Mm-hmm. So now I have one probably once a week or Sounds maybe. Like a treat. Yeah, but it's not that I am actively not having it when mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I'm not like, oh, I should wait till my once a week. I just only <laughs> feel like it once a week and then yeah. I have one. And yeah. then I talk really, really fast. And Nick's like, oh my God, you should really not do that very often because then when you do a podcast, when you talk coffee, everyone has to slow you down and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> So it's better for everyone than only drink it once a week. (laughs) Yeah, I've absolutely loved this chat with you. One question I'd love to ask is right now, if there is a young person listening and they just are so inspired by your story and your genuineness and they're like, oh, just she's just so awesome. I love the fact she didn't really know what she wanted to do for so long. That's me. I, I absolutely have no idea. What's one piece of advice that you would give them, say a quotable or something like that, to just help elevate them, to reassure them that even in this time of uncertainty, and man, this whole year has been a year of uncertainty, but to help them feel reassured, it's all going to be okay. And to mm. take on opportunities, even if you don't know where these opportunities might take you what would you say I think oh that's such a good question because I think probably the biggest challenge that we all face is not necessarily the self-doubt not necessarily you know all those feelings it's uncertainty we are not really well attuned to cope with uncertainty even though it's probably the most certain certain condition in our lifetime (laughs) I think something that I love which is a quote I've just been finishing off the edits for the CZA book and a quote that I love uh, and every time I read it it reassures me as well is you don't have to see the whole staircase to take the first step and that also involves kind of sub quotes of the fact that you don't even have to know how it makes sense in your story you don't even have to know that it's what you want to do when I started the law firm, that was a step in a huge staircase of what was to come. But I didn't know whether that was going to be in law, outside of law, in politics, in diplomacy, in business. It doesn't have to make sense to you at the time. You don't even have to enjoy it for it to be useful and for it to be the right step for you. Most people don't stumble into their passion the first try. It takes most people a lot of steps to get there. So if all you (laughs) learn from one step is what you don't like, that's still a step. It, it might not be your final answer, but it's one step closer to the next step, which is one step closer to the next one. So if you kind of start to see things as a staircase and accept and just surrender to the fact that you're not meant to know all the steps yet, 
then you can make sense of the one you're in and realize it doesn't matter that it's not the one I want to finish on. I'm not at the end yet. So I'm not supposed to be anywhere else. Every step will teach you something. If you're patient enough to find out what that is, the uncertainty kind of falls away a little bit. It's still there, but I think it's all about the frame that you put each phase of your life in. And if you've put it in this uncertain, scared, like pointless, I'm wasting time mentality, you'll freak out. But if you put it in the frame of nothing is a waste because I'm figuring out something, even if not the whole picture, then you realize it's actually, it's a step. I absolutely love it. It's like you're making it simpler. So instead of looking at the bigger picture, you're breaking it down into those smaller tangible steps. And you can sort of, even if you can't see, you know, it's all a bit smoky or gray in front of you and you can't see, if you're just looking down at that step, okay, next step. And you're Mm -hmm. right. And as you look back, you know, like you have even in just this interview, and I know you do many times when you are interviewed or up on stage that you can go, well, actually, because I took these steps, even though I didn't know I was going necessarily, it's led me to where I am today. And that is something to be grateful for. And I think for you, just hearing your story on the Power Up Life show, I think just hearing it for me, I'm like, wow, because you took those steps, because you did become a lawyer and you worked in that law firm, because you were over in Hong Kong for that business opportunity, once you were better, you were able to, or well enough at least to go, then you were introduced to Matcha, which ended up being the most significant thing for you and opened up a wave of new opportunities. So you're a perfect example of what you just said. And I I think (laughs) there's so much value in it, even for me. And I know no doubt our listeners will be feeling the same way. So thank you for that. Oh, you're so welcome. We'll be back right after this to ask Sarah all about gratitude. Love Power Up Life, the podcast? Make sure you tap subscribe and share it with your mates. This week, we asked you what you do for yourself and your wellness each day. And here's what you had to say. I love running and exercising. It releases stress that is holding a grudge in me and leaves me feeling very relaxed. It is almost like therapy to me, something that drives me every morning to wake up. I have been also trying to implement some reading here and then, or fit in some time before bed to write in my diary about the things going on in my life or how I am feeling in the present moment. Something I do for myself and my wellness each day is priming, which is the powerful exercise Tony Robbins created. It leaves me feeling more energized, focused, and clear about my goals and intentions for not only the day ahead, but in the future. It's about a 10 to 15 minute exercise that includes breathing and changing your state, gratitude, step into those moments and visualize, healing anything that needs to be healed, and to think about your goals and putting yourself in the position of achievement and celebrate. After priming, I'm ready to conquer the day. Every day I make sure that I do a nice morning meditation and try and do a little bit of yoga as well because it's something that really sets you up well for the day and you clear your headspace. I try to start the day with a walk or a jog. I usually go jog or walk to a cafe to get some coffee and breakfast. I try to do a bit of exercise, whether it be walking to work or exercising at home by doing some stretches or going on a run. I'm Carissa Shale and that's this week's talk topic. Got something to share? Drop us an email, yoursay at hapow.com. You're listening to Power Up Life, a Hapow podcast. Okay, Sarah, so I want to ask you, like I do with all our interviewees, something big that you are grateful for. What would that be? Oh my gosh, there are so many things. I think one of the 
huge points of appreciation that I stop and remind myself of all the time. And it's something that we didn't necessarily deserve or do anything in particular to warrant, but it's the fact that we are alive now. We got born into an age where if we were going to have to isolate like we have been, we also have FaceTime and Skype and Zoom and the ability to connect with people like this see each other, hear each other's voices, not write letters or have to do something really archaic. <laughs> I think there are definitely risks and downsides that come with social media and an increasingly digital environment and connection. But I think the positives that it allows for human connection and the ability to, to meet new people and form new relationships outweighs that when we learn to use it properly. So I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful to be alive at this time where... Mm -hmm. The world is our oyster. There are just the possibilities are endless. There's not the restrictions or limited thinking that other generations have faced, even if they thought exactly the same way as we do. Mm -hmm. And as women as well, we're, we have more resources and support than we ever have. There's just so many more possibilities than nursing or teaching. Like mm -hmm. I, I just feel very grateful to be alive in this generation. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. That was so true. And I think, you know, when the Spanish flu came out, I think World War World War One. yes, there was no technology. So you're right, it would have been sending letters and hoping it got to the person, you know, especially in those days, it probably didn't with the uh, Spanish flu. So you're right, I think it's to have technology around us has allowed us to feel more connected and less disconnected, as you said, especially when used in the right way. And I think if we all aim to empower when we use our socials, just like you do, and your husband and your dog, is it Paul? Your dog's Paul. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, love his name, side note. Um, he's awesome and we'll make this world a better place. So we can all yay together. <laughs> all right, something small that you're grateful for. What would that be? Oh man, so many things. Oh, how do I something even trivial? Choose? Like maybe something that really matters to you, but you may think other people wouldn't care as much. Oh, I mean avocados, is that <laughs> Well, everybody in Melbourne basically loves that. How, how do you like your avo? Is, is there a certain oh, type of avo? Like every single, oh, has avocados for sure. Okay. Shepherds are just watery and gross. Yeah, Duh. my husband's the same. He hates yep. shepherd as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can tolerate <laughs> them if there's if it's that or nothing. Um, no, I think I think as well as avocados, um, I really appreciate. Uh, so many things. I mean, I, I have a really strong gratitude practice and I think that that's what's helped my mental health a lot. So it's easy for me to pick a few things. It's hard for me to pick mm -hmm. just one. Uh, I really appreciate my dog. I really do appreciate Paul. I think animals <laughs> like children, but we don't have children yet, find you to think about in the now, like his needs are so immediate and his ability to be happy is so simple that it just reminds you that like we overcomplicate shit so much. Mm -hmm. Humans are just totally in their brain and if I ever need to just unwind or decompress for an hour or half an hour, I just go with him outside and watch him sniff a leaf for like 40 minutes and realize, oh, hang, hang, life's sniff, beautiful. Sniff a leaf for 40 minutes. That's so good about the leaf. I love it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, they enjoy life. It's like when I take my dog Pippa for a walk and like she'll, even if we take the same route every single time, it is like yeah. the best thing ever <laughs> yeah like yeah, loses his yeah. bananas and if you give yeah. him a hug or a bicky it's like holy shit this bicky is the <laughs> best thing I've ever seen <laughs> and I think just like I feel like children are probably yeah. the same like yeah. they're so excited about life but yeah. I'm so grateful that particularly in isolation I'm grateful mm -hmm. to be in a household that has a very happy animal in it mm -hmm. because he elevates your mood mm -hmm. 
they know, like if I'm having a panic attack or something, which is not that common anymore, but he will come from the other end of the house. They can tell when something's not right Mm -hmm. in your emotions, Mm -hmm. in your physical sense. Uh, And yeah, he's a very, very soft little soul and I'm very grateful for him. Yeah. Yeah. And he makes a good Instagram too, an Instagram photo or TikTok. I mean, (laughs) content, the content. What else would I have to post otherwise? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's, he's very very funny no i i think dogs is, is a fantastic answer and avocados as well so yeah a win-win yeah. both ways awesome. <laughs> don't go anywhere right after this we're going to do my favorite part of every interview and that is the challenge want to power up life download your free power pack wallpapers at herpower.com all right sarah it's time for the challenge do you want to know what you're in for Absolutely. (laughs) All right. It's called Rapid Fire and it's a game that's played around the world, but we are going to do things a little bit differently or maybe it's the same as other places. We don't know. We're like, (laughs) we're going to give it a go anyway. All right. 30 seconds. You've got 30 seconds, both yourself and me to answer as many questions as you can in the 30 seconds you will be given. I've got Brendan here. He's got a whole lot of questions. I haven't seen them. Your questions will be different to mine, so they're not going to be the same. Yep, so don't worry. I won't be able to cheat, use your responses as my responses. Okay. It's all legit, all above board. So he's going to ask a whole lot of uh, normal questions. Normal? What do you call a normal question? But basically questions about you and your life, and you basically just be yourself, and whatever comes first out of your head, whether it be word vomit or something else, just go with it. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So the aim of the game, get as many answers as you can or or questions you can answer in the – I feel like I can't describe this very well, but basically the person who's answered the most amount of questions within the 30 seconds wins the game. All right. Okay, got it. Okay, great. So Brendan's here. Hang on. He's just taking out some highlighters. You go, okay, you good? Well, that's important. That is important. <laughs> Colour coding. All right. He's gone for orange. He's gone for orange. All right. Welcome, Brendan. Welcome. How are you going, guys? Very good. We're very good. Sarah's pumped. All right, Sarah, would you like to go first? Absolutely. Oh, of course. Well, you do seize every yay that you get. So go, go, go. Also, I'll be too nervous if I go after you. <laughs> I'll be that good. (laughs) Let's do this. All right, here we go. 30 seconds on the clock. Time starts now. Who has been the biggest influence in your life? My mum. What kinds of things really make you laugh? Uh, Memes. Love memes. What's your favourite place in the entire world? Ooh, Melbourne. Who's your best friend? Nick. Paul. Nick. (laughs) Favourite movie of all time? Oh, my God, that's a really good one. Uh, la, 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 Ocean's Eleven. What's your biggest goal in life It's right so now? not true. It's the only one I could think of. Um, What's your biggest to... goal in life right now? Learn to go to sleep earlier. Done. Thumbs up. Was that 30 seconds? Wow, that was so was quickly. so fast. Also, it is not Ocean's Eleven. But why would you say Ocean's Eleven? I don't know. I just came out. I don't know. I mean, it's good. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Like, hang on, because oh, Ocean's Eleven, was that, that was, was the last of the Brad Pitt ones? It was the first of the Brad, Brad Pitt oh, ones. It goes Ocean's Eleven, right. 12, 13. And then the one with the girls, was that Ocean's Eight? Yes. Okay, there we go. All right. So the But first it's none movie. of the Oceans are my favourite movie, so I don't even know why I said that. Okay, thank you. What would be your fate? What would be your Bridesmaids, favorite? for sure. Oh, classic. Great movie. Yeah. Good choice. Although, don't know why that came out though. Or hang- The Hangover I also yeah, love. nice. So you basically like movies that have big groups of people in them all acting at once as main characters. 
Yes, but also no. I've uh, the other one that I love is Black Hawk Down. Like it's really, yeah, I'm, I'm it's all very over the different. Place. <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love your choices. Lots of diversity. All right, my turn. <sighs> okay. All right. Here you go. Thirty <laughs> seconds on the. Sorry, how many questions? Sorry, how many questions oh, did she answer? You can't know that. That's top secret. But, just but... to not not help you all along. Right. <laughs> you don't get right. any advantage, babe. <laughs> Whatever. 30 seconds on the clock again. Here we go. What is your favourite way to spend a Saturday? With Pippa, my dog. And you, obviously. Do you have any pet Awkward. peeves? Awkward. What was that? She was freaking Do you up. have any pet peeves? Oh, uh, yeah, when people don't listen. Because communication is so important, you know? <laughs> what was your family like growing up? Uh, very close together. As in, just close family. <laughs> what were you like as a kid? Little Miss Chatterbox. What should I know about you that I'd never think to ask? That you never think to ask. Oh my goodness! Oh, oh! I have this image of your family sitting really close together. <laughs> that was the worst answer. Man, <laughs> now your Ocean's Eleven answer was much better than my close together one. Uh, we were a close knit family, and, and also, but I have to say, it's partly correct what I said, Sarah, because when we get together as a family, like my extended family, we do sit on this massive long table, and often there's so many of us that we do have to squish up to eat and close together, eat, close together, and our forks and knives <laughs> are close in each other's faces. So it is legit. All so right. accurate. So that I'll pass. That that passes. <laughs> yeah. Does pass. And do we want another winner? Yeah, I reckon Sarah won. I just get this. Mm-hmm. I reckon I won with six mm-hmm. points. Sarah. Yay! Yay! <laughs> you only got four. Sorry, Jana. It's all right. Four's still good. Four's still good. That's all right. And I don't mind. You get a certificate it. of participation. <laughs> that's right. And that's all that matters is that we show yeah. up and give it our best. Whatever and our first runner-up. You get a trophy still. Oh, see, first runner-up. It's like if you budget, <laughs> I'd be first yeah. runner-up. I love it. Miss Congeniality. <laughs> exactly. Another good movie or movie series. Also. Fantastic. Yeah, Sandra Bullock's awesome. Also in Ocean's 8. As well. I have not seen it yet. You haven't seen Ocean's 8. Okay, so you probably would have said Ocean's 8 maybe instead of Ocean's 11. You have to watch that. That's your homework. Oh, well, look, the original was still good, but I think the women, like, it's an all-star cast. And if you like Bridesmaids, then you'll probably like Ocean's 8, even though they're different. It's the dynamics between the women that's super cool. Like you've got okay. like Brianna and I don't know, it's just like a nice diverse bunch. I like it. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the Power Up Live show. You're an absolute legend. For people to follow you on the socials and, of course, your own and listen to your own podcast, how can they do that? Oh, gosh, man, there's so many ways to reach me. I've like pretty much just made it possible for everyone to reach me at all hours from all directions but probably spoonful of sarah on instagram is the easiest yeah it's a good place to start because i think you've got all the handles on there anyway to take people all around the world with you so fantastic thanks so much sarah you've provided so much value and we can't wait to have you again one day soon on the podcast have a great week you too thanks for having me isn't sarah amazing Because she is so awesome, we decided to invite her back on the Power Up Life podcast. So now that you've finished this episode, why not jump into our bonus one with Sarah because it went live the same day as this one and we only just recorded it literally a couple of days ago. You will not regret it. Why? Because you'll learn how to nail the ultimate power pose and even how to write a book. We chat about self-doubt, friendship and loads more. So enjoy. Loved this episode of Power Up Life? 
tell us by leaving a rating and review on your fave podcast app. By doing so, it helps us to reach even more people just like you. And of course, don't forget to subscribe. Want more Hapao? Sign up to our free, yes, free Life Skills platform to get access to our on-demand, expert-led video masterclasses called Life Lessons, Quizzes, Blogs, and more. Simply visit our website, hapowhapow.com. Don't forget to follow us on socials. Simply look up at HapowAU to follow us and stay in the know. This episode of Power Up Life was produced by me, Gianna Lucas, Maria Dukadinovska, and Carissa Shale for the Hapow Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Power Up Life, a Hapow Podcast. If you loved this episode, be a legend and leave us a quick rating and review on your fave podcast app. Dive into the show notes for all episodes on our website, hapow.com forward slash podcast. Catch you next time and remember to power.